first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and today we will be talking about Vivo, Chippendale Park Life, and the Mysterious Benedict Society. But right now we're going to be talking with Ethan and Gianna about Vivo. So to start off, Gianna, why don't you explain the plot of this film? So Vivo is about a kinkachu named Vivo, and he lives with his friend Andres who in Cuba. And Andres and Vivo can't talk to each other like humans talk to each other, but when they sing together, they connect to each other. And so Vivo soon learns that when Andres was younger, he had a love interest named Marta. And when Andres was going to tell her how he felt, she got an opportunity to pursue her dream as a singer, and he didn't want to interfere with her decision. And he wrote her a love song and didn't get to give it to her, and Vivo is determined to give it to Martha before it's too late. Well, this sounds like a very interesting movie. And uh, Ethan, how are the characters in this film? Um, I think they did very well portraying their characters. And I really felt connected to a lot of the characters. And Vivo, he is so cute. <laughs> I just I just wanted to say that he is so cute and adorable. I love that they have that because I feel like that's what makes movies special when they have that cute animal that's so loving, especially since he's, you know, one of the main characters. It's named after him. So it makes this movie very good. And I really love the characters that they put in this movie. Would you say that Vivo is your favorite character in this film? Um, I think Martha would be. And on that note, Gianna, who would you say is your favorite character in this film? My favorite character is, well, my favorite character is Vivo because he's loving and daring and he looks out for Andres and he does everything he can and to help him. For example, he travels like all the way from Cuba to Miami and overcomes many challenging obstacles along the way. Well, that sounds very nice, and this character sounds like a very entertaining and a very fun and charming character. So, how was the acting in this film, Ethan? Um, it's, it's an animated film, but they animated it very well, and I loved all of the emotions that they put in it, because it looks so real. And I like the way they put the characters, because it's not like your usual animation they they goofed it up a bit and they put like the characters to look really cool and match the time. Gianna, what did you think about the animation in this film? Different from other animated films in its own like in a good way because like it wasn't like cartoony and it wasn't like like realistic like The Lion King, but it was like good, good for the way they wanted it to do. And Vivo is really cute, so I think they did a really good job on the animation and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good because you know that is a very important element to an animated film. Of course, is the animation how the film looks. But uh, this film is also a musical. So, Ethan, what did you think about the songs in this film? 
there was one song that stuck in my head till this day. I've seen the movie twice and I still can't get it out. It's um one of the songs that the girl, if you look at the picture, like for the movie, uh, I forgot her name. She has pink hair. She made this really good song where it's like, I jumped to the beat of my own drum. And it was really catchy. And I just love that. And then there was also other times like from the beginning of the movie with the songs and towards the adventuring parts that were really good. And it's crazy how one man can make all of these songs. So I think they really did good on these songs and it really made the movie really good. Well, that's great to hear because, you know, that's an, a very, that's a very important part of musicals is to have songs that people can, you know, think about and continue to remember. Um, so final question, Gianna, what is the star rating and age rating of this film? And also where can you watch it? Vivo, I rate Vivo, five out of five stars, recommended for ages seven to 18 plus adults, and you can watch Vivo on Netflix beginning August 6, 2021. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for this interview. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we will be talking about Vivo, Chippendale Park Life, the Mysterious Benedict Society. And right now, we're going to be switching over to Ethan's interview with Gloria Estefan on Vivo. Hi, this is Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State of Florida reporting for Kids First. And today, I have the privilege of speaking with Gloria Estevan, who plays Martha in the film Vivo. <laughs> Miss Estevan is a Cuban-American legend and beloved singer, songwriter, actress, and businesswoman. She has over 74 actor credits, over 35 composer credits, and over 178 soundtrack credits. She started her career as a lead singer in the group Miami Sound Machine. Let's talk with her about Vivo, which releases in theaters July 30th on Netflix, August 6, 2021. So, Miss Estevan, it is an honor to meet you and your beloved Cuban-American singer and a legend. So what drew you into working on this film? What drew me was a song, all right? I was invited to do it and I was so busy that I didn't think I could and that fly is horning in on our thing here. Um, and then Le Manuel emailed me the demo, him singing of Keep the Song Inside Your Heart. And I was floored from the first listen it was an earworm. I couldn't get it out of my head. The lyrics touched me deeply. And then he sent me the script, which I said, okay, forget it. I have to be a part of this somehow. And I figured out a way to make it work. I'm so happy I did because the film is incredible for the whole family. And uh, I love the character of Marta. Uh, she's kind of a mix between Celia Cruz and my mom. Because my mom was a real diva of my family. So I was happy to do it. So... You play Marta Sandovala in this film, and what ways do you relate to your character? Oh, so many ways. First of all, she's a singer. That's number one. But that's a challenge because I wanted to give her her own voice, not mine. So I really made sure that I created her own character. She left Cuba uh, young. I left it way younger. I was two when I left, but I was born there. Marta was a little older. She came here looking you know, for uh, opportunities. And Andres, who was her singing partner in Cuba when they were young, didn't follow. And he didn't get the chance to tell her that he was in love with her. And she was in love with him, too. So it's lost love. They never got to see each other again. And then she writes a letter hoping that he'll join her because she's about to retire. And she wanted him near her for that final show. And then Vivo was his partner, little playing maracas and all kinds of things in his 
gig in Cuba when he was there. And it's his task to deliver this song because something tragic happens to Andres. And as always, you know, gotta have some tragedy in there. Uh, but it was, it was really special and I felt a connection with her in many ways. And the film came out fantastic too. <laughs> oh, thank you. I love it. So you have some credits in acting. So what, how is this unique from other projects that you've done before? That's a very good question that no one has asked me. Okay, I've done animation before, but when I did the Spanish for Fuerza G G-Force, the Chipmunk movie, I, they had already created the character and it had come out in English, so I had to really match my intention to what already was there. With this film, I got the opportunity to actually create the character. They filmed me while I was singing and doing the acting portions, and they animated to a lot of the things that I did. So that was a great opportunity there. Also to be in the studio with Alex Lacamoire who did the soundtrack for the film and he's an amazing talent, so good. And we had a really good chemistry in the studio and we experimented and tried things. And he would say, what do you think about this? And he'd say, okay, just go wild and do your own thing. So I had a lot of freedom doing this role. So Lean manuel Miranda is high, sorry, is high in the sky this year with the In the High released earlier this summer and now Vivo. He not only wrote 11 songs for Vivo, but he also voiced the title character. So what was it working with him? You know, I don't know where Lin-Manuel gets all that energy. I don't know where he gets the time to do all the stuff he does. But he's just an amazing talent and he's always a joy to work with. You know, I worked more one-on-one -on -one with Alex Lacamoire than with Lin, but he was sending me stuff back and forth and we had a lot of uh, camaraderie because Hamilton was right across from On Your Feet on Broadway when our shows were there at the same time and our cast used to hang out a lot together. He's a wonderful guy. I got the opportunity to do a song for him to, for Puerto Rico and uh, he's just one of our you know top talents out there putting so much love and amazing quality product out into the world and I think when, when Latinx, as they call it now, people get the opportunity to share more of our culture. It just creates, you know, bonds and, and beautiful things that uh, the world can learn about us as a culture. He's Puerto Rican, I'm Cuban, but we're all, you know, Latinos and uh, we share a lot of love for music. Okay, so this is all the time I have, but um, here, I do want to give you something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is for you. What is this for you? This is awesome. <sighs> I love it. This is so nice. And congratulations. I want to ask you, this is what you want to do? Uh, yeah, like I love acting too. I love acting and uh, reporting for people. Well, there you go. I can I can totally see you doing this. So, best of luck to you and keep doing what you love because when you do what you love it's not work. Okay, thank All you. Right. Have a good day. Remember to look for Vivo in theaters starting July 30th and on Netflix beginning August 6, 2021. This is Ethan Purston reporting for Kids First. Let's take a break. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Colorform City Fantastical Adventures. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. 
We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Vivo, and next we'll be listening to Gianna's interview with Kirk D'Amico, the writer and director of Vivo. Hi, I'm Gianna Reporter for Kids First, and today I have the opportunity to speak with Kirk D'Amico, the director and screenwriter of the upcoming Netflix film, Vivo. Mr. D'Amico is known for his work as the director and writer of the award-winning film, The Croods, which received an Oscar nominee for the Best Animated Feature Film, as well as other nominations and awards. Today, we are talking about Vivo, which releases on Netflix August 6th. Welcome, Mr. D'Amico. Hi, nice to meet you. Hi. You too. Let's begin. Okay. This is the first animated musical from Sony Pictures Animation. So you are making history. What drew you to this project? Oh, what drew me to this project was first the music. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda had already written many songs for this before I had started, and I got to listen to them, and I was instantly in love with the sounds and all of the songs that he had written. So, And the idea that this was a musical about musicians um, really interested me because I felt like that was an opportunity to tell a story that we hadn't really seen before. We've seen musicals about other jobs and other people, but not about musicians that I could remember in a little bit. So um, I was excited about telling that story. It's an interesting concept. So I was due to it when I was offered the chance to review it. So cool. The animation in this film is special in its own way. What makes it different from other projects you've previously worked on? Oh, that's a great question. I, you know, the um, thing that happened was that in, a fun thing about a musical is that there's an opportunity to break the lo- break the rules, break the laws, because, you know, when people start singing, you don't have to be grounded to reality. You don't have to be uh, you are the audience already knows that it's not reality because someone's singing and we don't expect that in our real life. People just walking around singing songs. So, you know, you're watching a movie, you know, you're watching a show. And so the idea was, could we take other animation styles and play with that and sort of give these songs their own unique looks through Throughout the entire movie so that was the original uh plan and i think that both from using 
hand-drawn animation to using more graphic animation. We were able to match um, the styles of the songs pretty well. Well, that was a great idea because I really enjoyed the musical. Oh, cool. Being both the screenwriter and the director of this film, how did you manage balancing both worlds? Well, I, was, I had a screenwriting partner with, with Kiara Hudes who wrote In the Heights with Lynn. So I had, and I have a co-director, Brandon Jeffords, who also helped uh, on that. So we make these movies with a lot of people. It's a giant team of people that do it. Um, and a lot of times I think that the maybe what I like most about being a screenwriter and a director is that I'm open. My computer's open to any good ideas. So it's like from story artists, from people on our crew where, you know, we're all there eight, nine, 10, 11 hours a day working on this movie for many years. And, and as long as you're open to new ideas and great ideas, I think, you know, they come in and, and, and you're able to, because you have the script able to write them in um, and then direct the scenes later. Well, it's good that you enjoy both. <laughs> I really enjoyed the scenes where Vivo travels through the Everglades. What type of location research was needed to make sure this part of the film felt authentic? Oh, that's great. We, um, our crew and our production designer directors went to the Everglades and took an airboat, uh, Brandon and Carlos, and took lots of videos, pictures, and you know, there was certainly, there's nothing authentic about a python as big as Ludador, but it, there are pythons, just not maybe as big as a tractor trailer um, or a truck. So, um, you know, there was a lot of fun to be had. And the other part of it was really uh, nice was that the idea that the sand dollars are trying to protect the Everglades, which do need protecting, and that these girls just really, really want to want to do a good thing. Their heart's in the right place. Um, and that Gabby you know, takes this journey and little Vivo for all intents, he might be a kinkajou who is from, you know, originally from the wild, but he grew up in a city and he's not used to that world. So it was a pretty scary world for him. And so that was fun to watch his reaction to meeting characters like Dan Carino and Valentina and Ludador. Well, the Everglades seem like really authentic. I never been there before, but it seemed really nice to me. Cool. Well, you should go. It's amazing. You're listening to Kit's first coming attractions today. We're going to be talking about Vivo, Chippendale, Park Life, the Mysterious Benedict Society. And, and right now, we are going to be continuing to listen to Gianna's interview with Kirk D'Amico. This movie has a very diverse cast from newcomer Nairali Simo to veteran entertainers like Zoe Saldana and Gloria Estefan. How did having such a variety of experiences from your talent affect the directing of the cast? That's a great question. Yeah, it was it was a really exciting one thing I had hoped for, which we were always trying to work with in our casting director, is to try to find the authenticity of the roles, both culturally but also musically, that they're all musicians. Juan DeMarcos, who plays Andres, was you know part of Buena Vista Social Club and Gloria Stefan, but even in Arlie, newcomer, as you say. But she is a musician. She's a singer. Now she's in performing arts high school, which she wasn't, you know, this was many years ago when we started with her um, and Lynn. And so the idea of truly trying to find the people that were singing the songs or people who are musicians or singers um, was really exciting. And I think that with Yunarli, especially, you know, her 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 rawness and her how you know her brashness is 100% her she's that's that's who that girl is she's like a um a, got incredible energy and positivity and optimism and i think it's an infectious she's an infectious 
person. And I think that's shown in the character. So it, it really makes our job easier if the character, you know, if the actors are, you know, more authentic to, to their roles. Well, if whether they're a newcomer or a, a veteran to this, the musical is really entertaining. I read that in the beginnings of Vivo started back in 2009. Were there any aspects of the film that changed to reflect of the reality of today's world? You know, one thing that did change was the um, the song and Keep the Beat that was a released clip um, on the Internet and stuff. They, um, you know, that song was written. It was a scene that existed for a couple of years while we were working on it. So it was 2017, 2018. And, and during the um, COVID pandemic, we were all working from home. Um, we're all in different spots. And Lynn took that opportunity to take a scene and turn it into a song. And I believe all those lyrics that are about leaning into the curve. And even if you have plans about having the strength to understand that you just sometimes just have to keep playing on that really related the time period we were all in and it became sort of an anthem for the production and everybody working from home to keep moving and keep going. And, and we knew that even though we didn't know the answers, even as adults, we didn't know the answers. We didn't know what was next, but we had to keep playing on. Well, uh, whether it's a scene or it's a musical performance, it was a really good uh, thing, a part of the film. COVID has stopped a lot of people from working together in person. How did it, how did it affect the way that you directed your voice actors? Oh, you know, that is very good. It, the thing that was a little bit disappointing for some of the voice actors we had worked with over the many years before, it was a little bit easier because we all knew each other and we'd see each other on camera and kind of talk. But um, um like I was a little, because both the two characters that are in the Everglades, Nicole Byer's character of Valentina and Michael Rooker's character of Ludador, um, I had never got to meet him in person. So it's like, it's a little bit greedy, sad on my part, because I'm fans, I'm huge fans of theirs. So I wanted to just meet them. Um, but, you know, so, but it was, they, one thing I think is that everyone was in such a positive place about trying to make this movie because it is joyful and it's about love. And so people showed up and no matter where they were, some were in their closet working on the recording. Uh, some were, you know, some would be, in a, you know, recording at a, you know, in their living room with, you know, blankets around them, but everyone made do and everyone worked really hard to, to make the movie. Well, the movie was uh, really enjoyable and entertaining. So whether you were in person or not, it was a great movie. Oh, thanks. Vivo and Andres have a special relationship. How do you think the audience will connect to them? Oh, I think that, you know, Andres, um, the way he's portrayed by Juan, he's such a loving, wonderful, kindly man. Um, I think that maybe kids would see maybe like a father figure, um, you know, some might see a mentor and a teacher, um, you know, older people, I think, or maybe your grandfather, whatever, who it may be, but that sort of loving bond that he has with Vivo and that Vivo has for him that Vivo really just wants to make him proud. Um, he's just that kind of kid. I, I think that is just such a, it's a, it's so nice to be able to work on a character who really just wants to, you know, and, and a generational thing of respecting the elders, your elders and, and, and taking care of people, which is what is so important. Um, uh, so I think that that, I believe that that relationship will relate to across, across ages, I hope. Well, it's good that so, someone could look up to someone and make them proud. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. 
And finally, what is the message you hope that audiences will take away from watching Viva? Oh, great. Um, you know, I, I really hope, I guess that might have changed over time. And right now I'm really hoping that they take away that, you know, sometimes it is in the Keep the Beat song or, or Inside Your Heart that love does love go, does go on and that in some even if you feel that you're unloved or that there's you're missing love is that if you have it in your heart like vivo does to do something good which is all he's doing is just trying to deliver this song for a friend and he gets a gift which is his relationship with gabby is that not having to think of what am i going to get out of this all the time but just doing something in service of in honor of someone is a is a is a is a step in the right direction i hope well, I definitely felt that when I finished watching the film, and that's a great message. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. Thank you for talking with me today. Of course. Thank you. I just talked with Kirk D'Amico about the new Netflix film, Vivo, that comes out on August 6, 2021. Be sure to check it out. I'm Gianna Pointer for Kids First. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First coming attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Colorform City Fantastical Adventures. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Vivo, and next we'll be listening to Tiana's interview with Jean Carroll, the director of Chippendale Park Life. Hello, everyone. I'm Tiana Summers, reporting for Kids First. And today I'm going to be speaking with Jean Carroll, the director of the new and upcoming series, Chippendale Park Life. Mr. Carroll is best known for his work on Floopaloo, Where Are You, Oogie and the Cockroaches, and Rolling with the Rocks. Welcome, Mr. Jean. Thank you very much, Sienna. So let's get right into it. 
So you're the director of this new series, Chippendale Park Life. Chippendale are known as a very iconic duo. How do you feel about being in, able to introduce Chippendale to a new generation of kids and family? I feel super excited, uh, super honored to do that. And well, it's a big responsibility to do that because everyone loves Chippendale, right? And I do love Chippendale. So I want people to enjoy that new show as much as possible. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling great about, about bringing our new version of Chippendale, Chippendale Park Life, where our favorite little friends are now living together in a small treehouse in the park in the middle of a big city. And, well, they have epic cartoon adventure together. Yeah, and I know uh, from even when I was younger, um, I used to watch, like, the Mickey Mouse series, um, and they were really great characters. So I bet it is really great. It is. It is. They're, they're very, very formidable, as we say in French, uh, characters to, to write for. So something that you kind of mentioned was like the style and the animation. So the animation style um, in this show is very different than what we typically see from Disney. So can you share a little bit more about what made you choose this particular style? Sure. Um, I have been working for Xilam Animation in Paris for 15 years now, and we're doing exclusively 2D cartoon animation well not exclusively but mainly uh and we like that that style of 2d and drone in a way even if it's on a computer uh, animation that means we draw every single drawing you see and when you see one second of animation you actually see 24 different drawings and those 24 drawings have to be drawn by end on a computer and that's what 2D animation really is. Uh, 20 years before, 30 years before, and even before that, for Disney feature and for, studio, uh, for studios, we used paper and pencils and everything was really hand-drawn. And that's why we call that hand-drawn animation. And for Chippendale, well, Disney wanted to have a 2D hand-drawn co slapstick comedy. So they asked Xilam in Paris to do the show. And as I was working there, uh, they asked me, me to direct the show, which I very gladly uh, did. I was super happy. And, and that's what gave Chippendale Park Life that kind of very special feeling and special flavor. And that's why it's so different from what you can see on, on different shows. Wow, that sounds really amazing. And just... Thinking about kind of how long it would take uh, with the hand drawing process, um, it sounds really amazing. Yes, it is. And, and you're right. It's a very, very long process to do that, as you can imagine. Um, so we, for the, that show, uh, we started in 2019. So it took almost two years uh, to complete 36 episodes and wow. if you took for only one episode because we we do usually all the episodes in pretty much the same time we start to write all the episodes and then we have multiple teams that are doing all the animation in the same time right so mm -hmm. to do one episode it takes more than 
seven or eight months from the writing to the final image you see. Wow, that sounds like a pretty interesting process. It is. It is. It's a very, very complicated process. I won't go into detail today. It's too much, I think. <laughs> I bet. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're going to be talking about Vivo, Chippendale Park Life, and the Mysterious Benedict Society. And right now, we're going to continue Tiana's interview with Jean Carroll, the director of Chippendale Park Life. So Chippendale are two characters that are alike in many ways. In what ways can the audience tell Chippendale apart? Okay, so Chip, um, uh, Chip is... He has a small snout, right? Small black snout. Uh, it doesn't have any turf of air uh, on top of his head and is mainly the overthinking, a uh, little bit anxious kind of character as Dale is, well, he has a big red nose, right? He's got his little cute uh, turf of hair on top of his head and he's more chill and, and led back than his friend. Yeah, and that's something um, that I definitely got. I got to see um, some of the episodes, and I definitely got that from that. Oh, <laughs> so that was, that was easy, to, uh, right, to, to tell which one was who? Because that, yeah, a little that's bit. Something... I, think, I think I was more confused at first, um, but then kind of even uh, from their names uh, and then kind of looking at their personalities, you can kind of tell um, which one would be which. It's a little complicated, but once you get just, it. Just as a reminder, Chip sounds like Chipmunk and Chip actually looks a little bit more like a Chipmunk than Dale. <laughs> True. So Chip and Dale are Disney characters that have been a part of families and childhoods for decades. So what was it like to direct a series with such iconic Disney characters? Well, that was, that was great. Uh, I had to work with a team at Disney, uh, and I was lucky enough to, to spend a lot of time with them working on the project and, and trying to develop the, the personality of this new Chippendale, uh, the way they look and the way uh, the, the series actually feels. And, and we had great conversations uh, trying to build that whole universe uh, around them. And what we tried to do for Chippendale Park Life was to explore more in depth who Chippendale really are. Because... As you said, everyone knows Chippendale, but do we really know them? I mean, mm. do we know how do they act uh, in their small treehouse? And that's, I know that's questions I wanted to have answer for. Like, mm. what do they really eat acorns every time? Do they have a small, tiny sofa in their treehouse? That kind of stuff, you know? I really wanted to have answers to that. And doing that show... Well, I had my answers, and we actually had the pleasure to build that for an audience to see, right? Right. That sounds really cool. I'm sure it Thank really you. was an honor to be able to direct the series. Yeah, it was really much. 
and if I have to be perfectly honest, at first, I was a little bit scared because who wouldn't be, right? right? When someone said to you, okay, you're going to be the director of the next Chippendale. How does that sound? Well, that sounds fantastic. Thank you. But also that sounds very scary. <laughs> right. You got to make sure that it's good enough. Yes. Yes. Because, well, there, there are uh, Disney fans all around the world. And they, every, as I said, everyone loves Chip and Dale. Uh, so we, we have to make sure everyone will first recognize a little bit the character they all love, as well as we are um, able to bring the audience new stories and new versions of them because we don't want just to do again and again what has been done before because that has been done greatly in the 40s, in the 50s. That was a long time ago. Uh, even I wasn't born that time. Uh, and, but in the same time, yeah, we want to bring new 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 stuff in the story, a new, a new feels. We want it to feel more modern and really root into the 21st century. And more than all, we want uh, it to appeal to the whole family. Yeah, I bet. So Chip and Dale don't talk at all in the series. Instead, they use sound effects to communicate. Can you describe what techniques that you use to make those noises? Yes, sure. Well, actually, and that's a big secret, that's not sound effects. That's actually actors doing chipmunk language. <laughs> Can you believe that? Yeah. We had two fantastic actors uh, doing um, uh, Chippendale. And for achieve, to achieve that, what we did, and I'm telling you a big production secret, uh, we wrote real dialogues, even if it's a nonverbal comedy. So we had real dialogues and we gave that to the, to the actors, to the comedians. They act the dialogues and then we said, okay, now do exactly the same, same emotions, same delivery, but with chipmunk, chipmunk sounds. And they did an amazing job. At the end of the production, I think they, they were fluent in chipmunk, really. Yeah, it does sound like a pretty cool thing. And there's like certain times, um, like when I was able to listen to it, I'm like, oh, you know what? From like the animation and like kind of hearing, like in a sense, the syllables of what they're saying. I'm like, oh, I know what they're saying. Yeah, and that's, you know, you know that's because uh, the characters are really, really expressive. So... And, and, and using 2D animation, as I said before, to draw the characters and make them as expressive as we, we were able to, well, you can pretty much add any dialogues you want, even if you don't understand a word of what they're saying. Well, in fact, you will understand, really, because there is a certain delivery, there is a certain expression, there is a certain way of showing them on, on the screen, and that makes the show a nonverbal show but also very easy to understand. Yeah, that is really cool, like I said. Thank you very much, Tiana. Yes. Well, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. This was fun. That was great. Thank you very much, Tiana. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Jean Carroll, for speaking with me today. Make sure to check out Chippendale Park Life 
on Disney Plus beginning July 28th, 2021. That's all for this interview with Kids First. Again, I'm Tiana Sermons. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Colorform City Fantastical Adventures. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Vivo and Chippendale Park Life, and next we will be listening to Zoe's interview with Emmy D. Oliveria, an actor on the Mysterious Benedict Society. Hey everyone, I'm Zoe Canella reporting for Kids First, and today I'm talking to one of the stars from the new Disney Plus series, The Mysterious Benedict Society. So today I welcome you, Emmy D. Oliveira. It's a pleasure to meet you. It's a pleasure to meet you too. So The Mysterious, or yeah, The Mysterious Benedict Society is based on a book by the same name. So, and you play Kate Wuthering. Will we see a big difference between the actual screenplay and the original book at all? Um, well, when you're translating a book to screen, there's always going to be differences because, like, a lot of things have to be, like, cut for time because it's, it's pretty difficult to fit an entire book into just eight episodes. So there are, there are some scenes that aren't exactly the same as they are in the book, like maybe they're shortened. But there aren't, I don't think, any, like, really big plot um, revelations that are too far from the source material. Cool. So I also know that your character um, has ADHD and she's also, um, a bit, I think, a bit autistic as well. So I guess how could you kind of, um, or how did you go to, like, when you were performing, I, how almost did you kind of relate and how could you end up, like, nailing kind of the character because she's also athletic and has so much more to her as well if that makes sense yeah 
Um, I think that, well, those both are very popular headcanons. I don't think they're ever, like, explicitly stated as canon. I personally think that Kate has ADHD because I have ADHD, and so I could, like, kind of um, project onto her a little bit. And so I think, like, understanding, <clears throat> sorry, I think understanding, uh, like, that is, is pretty important for getting her character right. Because, like, you know, I can, I can relate to a lot of her, like, motivations and stuff. Um, and she is really athletic. I'm not quite as athletic as she is. I mean, I don't think anyone really is. Um, but I, I, I like to think that I'm, I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty strong. I'm, I think I'm sort of athletic, you know? Yeah, of course. So do you think that kind of helps you um, perform, kind of, or to really get into character? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's always important to try to see where a character is coming from, like their motivations and stuff when you're, when you're acting. That's one of the probably most important things, I think, just like knowing the motivation. Because if you don't, then it seems like there's no real, I don't know the word for it. I don't think there's a word for it. I guess yeah. huzzahs behind the character. I don't know. I really understand and I agree 100%. And the sets are also beautiful, and I love the whole look and the feel of the series. But just what was your reaction to it when you first stepped on set? I, I love the sets. They're incredible. I think the set design is, like, one of my favorite parts about the show. So, like, I, I was just, every time I would see a new set, I was just amazed, you know? Um, my favorite set was, the, was Oshiro's classroom because I'm not sure if you can see it on the camera really well but the floor looks like a giant eye and I thought that was the coolest thing in the world when I saw it that sounds awesome I feel like being on a set like this you can just like make so many memories and have so much fun um so how could you kind of describe a day on set you know were there any modifications due to COVID and stuff like that oh oh yeah definitely um I think most of the stuff that you would normally do on set we didn't end up really getting to do because of COVID we would we had to really go straight back and forth between places there wasn't really any like stalling that was allowed to happen because of um like like there weren't allowed to be as many people in a place and and like social distancing as well so um, we had to do COVID tests as well. Like, um, we had to do, I think, two to three COVID tests a week, which was is a lot. And there was also, like, big screens between the desks in the classrooms. So you had to, like, kind of stay in your whole area. And we couldn't eat together, which was a bummer, because I wanted to do that. Yeah, I can imagine being on a set, like, you have to move around a lot, but also not, because you have to be careful and mindful. That sounds awful, having to, like, stick up your nose for two, three times a week. Yeah, it was, it was all right. You're listening to Kids' First Coming Attractions today. We've been talking about Vivo and Chippendale Park Life, and right now we are going to be continuing Zoe's interview with Emmy de la Oliveria. So, well, if you weren't, I guess, an actress, or if you were to take on a different career path, what would that be, or what would, or other career path would you like to entertain? I know um, you're like into okay. um, I w- I'd want to be a storyboard artist, or I, I just at least want to work on TV animation some way, because I, I love animation. It's probably my favorite thing in the world. Um, I, I'd want to be, I think, a storyboard artist. 
I noticed that I also really like character design. So I think if I were to go into that, those would be like the two things that I would, that I would definitely try to pursue. I, I already want to go to like art school, like for college and stuff. And I draw like every day. So. Um, so I guess what type of animation are you into? Like more 2D or do you like more like anime anime, if that makes sense? Um, I like Western animation. That's the kind that I, I tend to watch more. I'm not super big into anime. Like, I, I, I mean, I like it. It's, it's good. But um, I think I probably tend to lean more towards um, Western animation. I, I just love all kinds of animation. I think probably my favorite kind is like the animation in those old Disney movies, like the style in like, uh, what's the one, Atlantis? I love that one. I love how that one's animated. Yeah, I love that too. And I think that's great that you have other things, I guess, aside from acting that you also really look forward to doing. Um, I guess what kind of rituals, if that makes sense, do you have before going on set? Or what do you kind of do to prepare for a day of shooting? Um, I didn't have too many like, like rituals that I would do, but I would always listen to music. I love music as well. It's probably uh, my second favorite thing in the world next to animation. Um, I would always have my headphones and in the car right there, I would listen to music and in the trailer, I would listen to music. And when I was waiting in my, in the line for COVID testing, I would listen to music. So that, I guess that would be the thing that I would say. Yeah. So, um, what type of music, I guess, are you into? Do you like more indie kind of things or? Um, I'm not sure if there's like a name for the kind of music that I like. There probably is, but it'd, it'd be very long and I don't remember it. But I, I guess I, I love Cave Town's music. They're just really, it's really awesome. Uh, I love those, those kinds of songs. Um, I like, I guess it would be indie like um, indie rock, maybe. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I feel you. I, I love music too. Like it's so therapeutic to me. I always have my headphones in everywhere I go. So I totally get you. Um, so back to talking kind of about the show, I imagine once again, being honest, like this super fun. So I guess what type of memories or what was like your favorite memory being on set or like with your fellow castmates that you kind of really enjoyed that kind of stuff with you? That's a, that's a difficult question. There are so many. Um, I I think one of the one of my favorite things that we did on set was <sighs> that that's a hard one. <laughs> okay, um, one of the things that I would always do with Ryan. I love being on set with Ryan because we would always joke around a lot. And um, one day, one day on set, um, I got to meet the Falcon from some of the episodes which was awesome. Yeah, that's, that was probably one of the coolest things that I got to do, see a, like an actual Peregrine Falcon. Uh, so I'd say probably one of those two. Yeah, for sure. I think seeing a Falcon would be super cool, and I'm so happy that you got to have that experience. So lastly, I guess, what do you hope that audiences can kind of take away from the series? And um, after they watch the show, I guess, what do you hope resonates with the audience? I think that the idea that everyone's a little bit different is something that people is something that people should take away from that. It's something that's been like stressed in a lot of episodes. I also think probably the 
this is, I guess, maybe a bit of a, like a lesser takeaway than others, but it's one that's pretty important to me is the, the way that everyone learns differently. It's, it's mentioned in a bunch of episodes about how Kate isn't doing, like the episode when Kate isn't doing well on her tests because she learns a little different. And I think that's, I guess, important to know that even if someone maybe um, learns different or is a different kind of smart, that doesn't mean they're like less smart or like less important than anyone else. That's awesome. I oh, like. I think that's a topic now that's really being shared, and I'm so happy because I know everyone does learn differently, and it, it's something that we should definitely know about and be aware of uh, to know that everyone is different in their own ways. So thank you so much, Emmy, for talking with me. I had a blast. Make sure to check out the Mysterious Magic Society on Disney Plus, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Charlie's Colorform City Fantastical Adventures. I'm Calista Best from Los Angeles, California. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.